Hello and welcome to the Swing and Bump Podcast. Today we have myself, Wes Wagner, and Toby Altizer. James was a late scratch from the lineup. Apparently he was too tired to come on the show, so boo him when he comes back. I know you guys will, won't let me down. Uh, we got a fun show today. We're going to talk about some baseball news, football news. I don't know if we have anything basketball related. Who knows? All right, all right. We got a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about our NFL power rankings Way too early power rankings, probably. The first weekend of baseball has come and gone. It was great. Some negative notes, of course, that relate to positive results. But we'll talk about that and more here on this episode of The Swing Bunt. Enjoy the show. guys so let's not bury the lead as i have found myself saying very fairly frequently lately 17 marlins have tested positive for the coronavirus this was as of two days ago when we recorded the show um you the listeners won't be listening to it until likely friday uh july 31st but as we are recording it on tuesday july 28th or 29th or whatever today's date is um it's 28th yeah 28th yeah 28th the Marlins have had their games postponed until Friday, or they're not playing any games until Friday. Uh, the games that they have postponed against the, who are they playing, the Orioles? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes. Are moved to a later date. Uh, the Washington Nationals and Yankees games have been rearranged. There's a lot of games that are being moved, and the schedule is still in flux. Uh, looks like the schedule is going to be very um, variable. It's going to be moving, always water, you know. And I think that that's good to try to get the league going as much as possible. Now, it's a really huge, uh, it's a really bad sign for baseball to finish the entire season, in my opinion, that that many players on one team were contracting the disease this early on. Uh, Now, we do know that there was already multiple players and uh, managers who um, had tested positive before the season even started on that team. Um, and we know that Miami was already one of the worst areas in the country as well as far as this goes, but 17 is a lot. Now, granted, they have a 60-player pool that they can use, so it helps out a lot, and it's not like the Marlins had a lot going for them already. Um, But one thing that's stupid is these players knew they were sick or at least knew that they had tested positive and played anyways. So that's kind of frustrating because that's only going to ruin it for everybody else, you know? One person on Twitter. Go ahead, go ahead, Toby. 
one person on Twitter I saw kind of put it well. Uh, it was actually an NFL person I follow for the wonderful Washington football team. He, he brought up a good point of um, the fact that this isn't necessarily Major League Baseball's fault. It's more the Marlins' fault for being Stupid. irresponsible oh, yeah, with this the protocols. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, maybe Major League Baseball should cancel the season. I've seen that all over Twitter and whatnot. It's, it's not Major League Baseball's fault. It's no. Miami Marlins' fault themselves. So, really, they're the ones that are being punished for it. And it's stupid that what happened. But, I mean, that's what happens when you have an irresponsible team like the Marlins. I think that baseball happens. has put in really good parameters to fight against the spread of this while they can still have a season. But it comes down to people having to be willing to you know, obey the rules. So hopefully this is a wake-up call to most people. Go ahead. I will say two positive things with this. Number one, positive, I guess. Uh, no Phillies contracted the virus. Which is really good. Which is really good. It kind of uh, points to the sign of not crossing, you know, it's not crossing teams, so that's good. Exactly. That's, that's great news. Number two, the Marlins, up half their team had it, and they kicked the Phillies' tail. That whole series. <laughs> oh, apparently, yeah. it's not affecting their play. Well, I mean, most people that get the positive test have no signs anyways. No symptoms. So. Right. So, yeah. yeah so those are two positives we can take from it. All right. Let's go ahead and move on into our basketball news. We have NBA starts back up this Thursday. The seeding games. I know that you guys are especially excited about that. I'll watch a few of them and uh, follow along as the season moves, up, moves on and starts back up. They have the bubble system in play, which some people are saying baseball should have done. Um, and the snitch line, and sure enough, Lou Williams got caught going to the club, apparently for food. Uh, he claims he was there to pick up some food. Now, who knows? This club could have the best barbecue wings that uh, are in the whole... What, where are they at? They're in... Uh, Atlanta. Was in, he was in Atlanta. He's in Atlanta? I thought they were supposed to be in like one certain city. Well, well, he had left for a family matter. Oh, yeah, family matter. That's why he got in trouble. Clubbing. So he actually did have a funeral. His grand his grandfather passed away. Oh. So he he was away. He was supposed to go to the funeral and come straight back. Right. But he stopped for some chicken some wings. Fun. <laughs> it's ridiculous, honestly. I mean, like, what do you expect to happen? You're a celebrity, one of the most scrutinized people in the country at the time, in this bubble that's being discussed by everyone, and you really think you're not going to get caught? It's so stupid. And he's a veteran too. Yeah. What are you gonna, oh well, what are you gonna do? Anyways, sad news for Wes and the Houston Astros. Justin Verlander's out at least two weeks with a what was it, Wes? It was a forearm strain. Forearm man. strain, and they're gonna reevaluate it in what probably ten days now. I mean, it's the the funny thing is the reporter who broke that he was out <laughs> for the season. They haven't taken away that that report, so they still think he's gonna be out for the season. The Astros yeah. do. Well, that that columnist because oh. usually they report something that they think is that they report something and it's wrong they'll update it they'll give a rebuttal they haven't taken it down at all so no but i saw when i saw on espn or mlb was that they were going to reevaluate after two weeks right so the but the astros have done this before mm-hmm. if you remember lance mccullers two years ago they said the same exact thing and he was out for the season. Well, hopefully that's not the case. I mean, you already lost Garrett Cole to free agency and then losing uh, Verlander to injury when he, you know, could win another Cy Young. I mean, it's just... It, to me, I'm not really sad for the Astros. I am sad for <laughs> Verlander, though. He's a good guy, and he's uh, been a pitcher that I've rooted against my entire life as he was a Tiger for so many years. 
So I don't want to see him go out this way where, you know, if he were to come back next year and not be the pitcher that he was in 2019 and to miss out on another opportunity of his peak performance would be a bummer. Hopefully he can come back. Huge blow. Next in news, football training camp started yesterday. Uh, that was pretty... That was pretty awesome uh, that they're able to move forward. Uh, they, again, have a lot of um, different parameters in place to protect against this. It's going to be cool. Um, let's each give one quick thing that they're really excited to see in training camp, what they want to develop. I want to see the battle between uh, Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham, which shouldn't be much of a battle. But they haven't announced they haven't announced uh, who's going to be the quarterback for the doing the Patriots, as Bill Belichick never would, of course, until the last minute, more than likely. But, I mean, I think we all know that Cam Newton's going to take over that job. He has the talent over the, the rest of them. Uh, I like Jared Stidham. I was excited to see him play. But when it comes to talent, Cam Newton's a legitimate quarterback. If he's healthy, he should take that spot. But I'm excited to see him. And if I can get some video of practices and whatnot, I'll be excited to watch that. What's one thing you guys are looking forward to in training camp? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see the receiving core. Obviously, you know, in bringing Houston? in CeeDee Lamb. Singing oh, in. you mean in Dallas? I mean, I'm sorry. Yes. Amari Cooper, seeing Michael Gallup. Uh, I'm super excited to see how that offense is going to look. I want to make sure. I want to see. I want to. I think you it know, should be good. Dak Prescott threw for 4,900 yards. Bring him back, Z. We got we got some <laughs> weapons, so I'm excited they, to see that. You yeah. should, in my opinion, should be by far the best team in the division. We'll see what happens. Uh, definitely the most complete team talent wise, and you have a coach who's always been an offensive minded coach, so. We'll see what yeah. happens with that. And um, one other thing in Texas, I'm excited to see in training camp this year if they will announce who the number one wide receiver is going to be. Is it going to be Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks? I mean, who's going to be Deshaun Watson's number one guy? I need <laughs> well, to know for fans. Can Will football. Fuller stay on the field? Well, yeah. Two of them stay on the field. Yeah, honestly, they have two. <laughs> it's kind of scary when you have two really injury prone wide receivers. Randall Cobb, who's like 97, and then your next best wide receiver. Do they still have Kiki Cootie? Kenny yep. Stills. Too. Oh, Kenny Bills. Or Kenny yeah. Stills too. So you don't have uh, you have a lot of potential, but uh-huh. yeah. not a lot of consistency. Anything, um, Tobes? I think the thing I think the thing I'm looking forward to seeing is, um, I mean, I'm high on Dwayne Haskins. I want to see what happens with him, and I also want to see what happens. Redskins. Well, the Washington whoa, football whoa, team whoa, has whoa. so many. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> The uh, I should probably blank that out. So. <laughs> I'll beat it uh, out. I'll beat it out. Don't worry. <laughs> the The Washington football team has so many running backs. I want to see what happens with that. Honestly, uh, I think you got. I think you got Antonio Gibson's a sure mm-hmm. lock, and then outside of that, Darius I mean, I Geis. Think Darius. I, I think, think Darius, Darius Geis, Geis is the starter, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would so. if I were coach. That's what I would do, and I think Ron Vera's yeah, a pretty smart I think, guy. I think he's the starter. Uh, I think AP still has a role on that team, but you still got McKissick. Bryce Love, and then Peyton Barber. And the thing about Peyton Barber that I think the reason he might get a roster spot over some other guys, he's got a two-year deal for like $3 million. Mm-hmm. And so why would you cut a guy that you're only paying a million and a half dollars? That's why I think Adrian Peterson is not going to make the team. It, it's tough. And There's not room the for him. And why are you going to pay the but old I, guy when you have younger, talent, more talented guys? It, it's so tough. And I think a sneaky one is Bryce Love. They did not put him on the pup list. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he'll have a role on this team. I don't know. There's what you, we just named what six running backs. There's at least six. Yeah. The 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 question is, are they going to count Antonio Gibson as like half running back, half receiver, so they don't mind carrying him as like a fifth running back, Make sixth a receiver player kind, of kind of thing? Yeah. Hmm. So do you think the Redskins, be interesting? Do you think they keep four running backs, or do you think they keep uh, just three? I think they keep four. My guess. I don't see them cutting half. They keep. Of them. 
they keep four at least if you're counting Antonio Gibson. If you're not in, counting Antonio Gibson as a running back, they may still keep four. Um, it's uh, it's tough to see. Uh, Payne I mean, Barber could get cut too. I mean, it's not like yeah, he has no, guaranteed I mean, money on that contract. No, and so, I mean, he could get cut. The thing that I think is interesting is they keep talking about McKissick as being a – person they want to use in passing downs and whatnot but i feel like antonio gibson's more electric than he is and they could basically do the exact same thing mm-hmm. and i think you'd be even more prone to hand gibson the ball between the tackles more i i don't know what happens i feel like mckissick and barber are the two most likely to be cut mm-hmm. out of those six That's i would, what I would tend say. to agree with that yep. all right moving on uh a little bit of news i'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not but the other day, Patrick Mahomes purchased a portion of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, now, the owner of the Kansas City Royals, I forget his name, uh, but he is a huge Chiefs fan. I mean, he has a box there, and he goes to all the games. So I think Mahomes probably had a little bit of an in in there. And we all know he's got a little bit of extra cash laying around these days. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to let my money make me some more money and invest into a team. I probably would have invested into a different team, but that's his choice. <laughs> Let's be honest. Really cool, though. I mean, it is cool. Like, He's yeah. the first active player to ever own a portion of uh, another sports team. So it's yeah. cool that his dad played baseball. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of come a full circle. He's partial. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes played baseball until college, so yep. Yeah, he well, was an athlete too. You could say the first like out of the three major sports in the U.S. Because like I'm pretty sure. LeBron's a part owner of some soccer team in Europe or something like Liverpool, that. I think, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Is he? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Who knew? Who knew? Now, the biggest news, I saved it for last, the Reedsburg Beavers 18 and under boys baseball <laughs> team yesterday had a 19 nothing victory against our rivals, the Baraboo Thunder Chickens. Absolutely destroyed them, destroyed them scoring uh, eight runs in the first, eight runs in the second, three runs in the third, and then we had a walk-off win in our second game of the doubleheader. So, you know, Jake, God, I, I forgot to put my ESPN alerts for the on. So it was I'm nuts, sorry, man. I didn't see that. They just kept hitting and hitting and hitting. I was I like, forgot to start those guys on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, your mistake. Your mistake, dude. And then uh today, Reedsburg Pirates, you know, came up clutch with a 13 to 10 win. I just got home from that still wearing pants in the pullover. Never got to go on full jersey cuz I sat the bench the whole time, but I kept good book, let me tell you that. Kept a real good well, congratulations, book. Congratulations, Thank sir. you. Thank you. I actually didn't keep good book. At some point in the sixth inning, I was like, I'm missing two batters here. I'm looking up, but I'm like, <laughs> hmm, not sure what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is. Um, all right, let's move on. That was our news and notes from around the world of sports. Moving into our first segment, let's do a quick review of our power rankings of the NFL that we discussed last week. We had at the 32 spot the Jacksonville Jaguars, Washington at 31, Bengals at 30, Dolphins at 29, Lions at 28, Chargers 27, Giants at 26, Jets at 25. Now we move on to our 24 spot, the Carolina Panthers. Now I have them much lower than anyone else. I have them as the third worst team in football in my opinion. Um, nothing's really changed too much with them. They lost Kyle Allen, um, and they've gained uh, Teddy, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. So, in my in my opinion, that is an improvement. But their defense That's is true. still going to be garbage, and their offense probably still won't be much better. Um, I, I do think they will be, be their offense will be better than it was before. But I expect them to be one of the worst teams in baseball because Teddy Bridgewater is not a franchise football. quarterback. I'm football. sorry, football. Teddy Bridgewater is not the franchise quarterback that they want. 
and they're going to be wanting to replace him. So I think that we could still even see some moves that make this team a little bit worse and build them for the future because I could see them trying to get someone like Trevor Lawrence next year who would fit very well with Christian McCaffrey. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, who is this debt? Number Who hasn't met? James has them somewhere around the twenty top 20 mark. He actually has them at 18th in the league. So I would be discussing that with him, asking him, whoa, James, why do you have them ranked so high? But he decided not to show up today because he was sleepy, which is understandable. He does work crazy hours, so it is what it is. Well, to play devil's advocate for James there, their defense does suck, but they used every single draft pick on defense. They did. But rookie defenders, I mean, outside of Nick Bosa and, you know, TJ Watt, they don't usually – Chase Young. Yeah, and what's his face that – for Pittsburgh? Uh, Devin Bush. No, Devin Bush was solid, but I mean the kid the Minka safety. Minka Fitzpatrick, yes. He's not a rookie. He was solid as a rookie last year though, wasn't he? He was not a rookie yeah, last year. Hmm. No. Shows what I know. But I mean we'll see. I think the the Panthers obviously took note of the fact that they're terrible in defense. And Yeah, no, they'll be improving in it, but I don't expect them to take a leap. And I up think Teddy league. Bridgewater is gonna be a little bit better than people are giving him credit for. I think he fits with McCaffrey really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think and he with does DJ a, he'll Moore. do a good job. Yeah, he'll do a good job managing games. And DJ Moore is more of a slant runner than even Michael Thomas. So that's perfect for Teddy Bridgewater. I definitely had him the lowest out of the three of us, but the three of us at least all agreed they're one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they also they also brought in Robbie Anderson, a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't expect but, him to do too much, though, Teddy not throwing the ball that I don't think so either, but I think that their offense does improve a little bit. I they agree. get some stability at quarterback. And then, you know, if, TJ, if Teddy Bridgewater fails, they have – Houston roughneck quarterback P.J. Walker as the backup. <laughs> Love that. So, out of the next three teams we're going to discuss between the Panthers and the next two, I think that the Panthers is the most likely one that I would be wrong on. I don't expect uh, these other two teams that we're about to talk about right now to do much. I think the Panthers have a higher ceiling. Uh, next on our list at 23 is the Chicago Bears. Uh, one of the better defenses in the league. They've got... Uh, What's his face from Oakland? Um, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, yes, thank you, that they got in a trade. And they looked like they were going to be a great team a couple years ago, but then we learned how truly awful Mitchell Trubisky is. And he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year, no questions asked. And now they have traded for or signed or whatever it was, Nick Foles, and they have a genuine quarterback battle here in Chicago. I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Uh, neither of them are franchise quarterbacks, in my opinion, even though Nick Foles uh, tore my heart out against the Patriots <laughs> a few years ago. But it is what it is. I guess we, we I for the Pats and let somebody ball. else win once in a while. But um, I don't expect the Bears to do much at all this year, man. I like some of their pieces. I like Allen Robinson. I like David Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to do much on offense. Um, Allen Robinson may be fit seeing the best quarterback he's had in his career this year if Nick Foles yep. plays, um, which is crazy because he was the number three running back in the NFL. I'm sorry, number three wide receiver in the NFL last year with Mitchell Trubisky at QB. So I would love to see him with someone like Drew Brees or like even just a regular quarterback, even something like Derek Carr, you know, someone who can accurately hit, get him the ball consistently would be amazing. Poor guys had good old uh, Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky his whole life. So. <laughs> Well, and we talked about the Redskins having six running backs. How about the Bears having ten tight ends? Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. 
why do you need so many? They did ends? trade one of them. They traded Adam Shaheen to the Dolphins. Oh, okay. So well, they Trey have Burton's nine. gone too. He's in. Um... Yeah, but they still have nine. Yeah, they still have nine. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Now, I have the Bears. You guys all have the Bears up at ten. Um, I'm sorry, at twenty second and twenty first in the league. While I have them at twenty eighth. So, do you guys think that they're a little bit better than that? Than I have them. I think I think their defense is uh, probably the best out of the group that we've mentioned so far. Um, I would agree with that. The Lil Mac, maybe not the Chargers. I, I like the Chargers defense. I think they have. Well, yeah, I, I like the Chargers as well. But I would still take the Bears a little because I think their pass rush is elite. Although Chargers is elite as well. Uh, the only thing missing is a quarterback. I just couldn't put them any higher because uh, it's the most it, important part. Uh, it's the most important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You got to have a reliable quarterback, and I could see them slipping, but their defense is just too. Their defense is going to win them games. And, and while this is power rankings, and we're not talking about schedule and strength of schedule, um, if they were in an easier division, I could see them beating up on some worse teams. If they say they were in the NFC East rather than the NFC North, I think they would have a much better record, just because Nick Foles can maybe beat up on some of those defenses a little bit. Um, and their defenses could beat up on some of those worst teams. But the fact that they have to play the Packers, uh, the Vikings, and I think the Lions are still a really good offense, maybe not a great defense, of course, but I like their offense. I just don't see them being able to hang with any teams frequently. So yeah. I've got the Bears pretty low. I think a thing that gets overlooked from last year is obviously all the blame goes to Mitch Trubisky. But I think some of that, and personally, I think at least half, if not more, needs to go to Matt Nagy. I mean, Mitch Which is weird because before. two years ago he was hailed as, you know, super child. Yeah, so I think a lot of that needs to go. Because even when I just flipped on, I didn't watch a ton of Bears games. Uh, but Wonder when why. I did watch them, Mitch Trubisky didn't have anyone to throw to. When I mean, I, I, I disagree. Uh, Alan Robinson like and Anthony people. Miller were studs I'm not talking about, last year. I, I'm not talking about, like, his, he's got the talent, but he wasn't scheming them open. They could double cover Alan Robinson I feel like they were misutilizing Tariq Cohen. Mm. I feel like David Montgomery needed to touch the ball more. I would agree with that, tackles. 100%. David Montgomery I feel needed like, to more touches. I feel like Matt Nagy deserves more blame, possibly, than Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky wasn't good. I, I'm not going to argue that. But I think, you, know who, you know who really deserves the most blame for the Bears' failure? Khalil Mack. Nope. The people who are in charge of their draft picks because they passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely nuts. Every time I think about that fact, it just blows my mind. And um, traded up for Trubisky, yeah. too. And you think and, about it, like, whenever that, that draft was going on, everyone was saying, oh, Mahomes is a second-round quarterback. Like, he's he's a second-round. And, like, at the and that's, very, what, like, that's what a buddy of mine – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. At the very end, people were saying, you know, he might sneak into the first round. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> Number 10. The rest is history. It's a huge miss. I mean, you could – so to me, a buddy of mine always argues, oh, the Bears didn't make a mistake. They didn't – they they weren't stupid for drafting Trubisky because everyone was saying Trubisky was the right guy. Just because everyone thinks it's the right decision doesn't mean it's the right decision. You know what I mean? I'm not – I just don't like that logic of saying, well, since well, the scouts were all saying that it was the smart thing to do, it was the smart thing to do. No, well, there's you a classic, were wrong. There's a classic example of drafting a guy off combine and possible potential over guys that had good film from mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can whatever with Mahomes, you know, he 
turned out to be kind of an anomaly. Like he, I, I don't know. Him to be he good, could always throw the good. ball crazy far. I, I mean, when he was back up behind Smith, you saw him just chucking the ball. But still, like if you're gonna go for someone that proved it in college, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the the Trubisky thing. Oh well, whatever. It is what it is. I'm not gonna worry about it anymore. But the Bears are dumb. Yeah. yeah. My 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 favorite example of quarterbacks who are like touted as the next great one, Jimmy Clausen, if y'all remember that one. Mel Kuyper <laughs> said he said, if Jimmy Clausen isn't a great quarterback, I will retire. And he has not retired. Mel Kuyper is not the brightest bulb in the box. Just hey Jake, right you know now. who I thought was gonna be awesome? Hmm. I thought Ryan Mallett was Ryan gonna Mallett? be awesome. Yep. I thought Chad Henney was gonna be great. That did not work out. I thought Johnny Manziel was going to be great. Did you really? Uh, oh, I was yeah. not convinced of that one. I love Johnny football. Who doesn't? Just you, you just like to party too much. So, anyways. Anyways, picking players in the draft is no easy task. Um, moving on to another stupid team, the Oakland Raiders, who trade away Khalil Mack, uh, are our next team sitting in at 22 on our list. Now – um, Toby or Wesley, you have them as a top half of the league team. Actually, you've got them at 17. Yep. Um, I have them at 28. I do not have much faith in the Raiders this year. Tell me, what's your argument? Why do you have them so high? I saw a whole lot of improvement last year from the Raiders. They went from a terrible, terrible team to a whole lot of improvement. Mm-hmm. Now they and those young guys, they started a ton of young guys. They did. Tons and tons. Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell, two starting defensive ends. They're getting a year older. They had another great draft class, bringing in some great, great talent, bringing in some veteran leadership. Jason Witten, mm-hmm. uh, also bringing in a couple veteran safeties. Josh you Jacobs know, like, is still a st- huge talent at running back. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is going to be arguably one of the most valuable weapons in the league. Mm-hmm. So I just see a whole lot of improvement. That defense is getting a year older. Because they're super young, still bad and, defense though. Well, you know they have to face the Chiefs, so that's a that's going to be a bad day for any defense. But uh, you know, I think if we'll see the the biggest question mark for me is is Derek Carr good enough? And personally, I, I don't think he's good enough. That's why I have them right on the edge as a playoff team. I think they're going to be right around eight and eight, uh, maybe just missing out on the playoffs. But I think that they they will improve from their season last year. So, to me, you have them 10 spots higher than the Lions. I, th- I see Matt Stafford in that offense as vastly better than the Oakland offense, and I see their defenses to be similar. Why would you tell- say to me that the Raiders would be better than the Lions? Well, number one, better coached, in my opinion. Okay. And I would say they have more well-rounded talent. Like At which positions? You can say DeAndre Swift is, you know, rookie running back, but he's not the proven talent that right. Dallas Jake, right? Yeah. Quarterback, I, I would, I would probably, I would take Stafford. Oh, absolutely, over Carr. No, we're wrong. Carr's an accurate passer. He's just limited in his ability compared to what Stafford's able to do. As a right, tight end, uh, I would, I would definitely take Darren Waller right now. Hawkinson, maybe he might get there, but he wasn't good last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was good in spurts. Yeah, he had Wider one good spurts. game, literally just one. Yeah, right, for the week. first game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, you definitely take Kenny, Do- Kenny Galladay. And Marvin Jones. And Marvin Jones, but mm-hmm. other than that, they don't have much else. And I, you- I just think as far as points scored go, I would expect the Lions to vastly outscore the Raiders. And offense, 
at least. I, I mean, I, I think that they they did a they did a great job of retooling mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Henry Ruggs is going to be yeah. a big time talent, and uh, we know how you know Gruden. If y'all watched Hard Knocks, he was saying he wanted to throw down the field, throw down the field. They want to throw to AB. That ain't going to happen. Yes, he retires. <laughs> Uh, I just see a whole lot of talent. Now, defense is going to get better. They're yeah, going to get better. Max Crosby, he was a stud fourth round. Great draft. They they draft – Mike Mayock is a great drafter. Like, he's drafted some studs so he far. Has. So I just he has. He has. going to improve. I wonder what – see, I don't think that they're bad enough to get, like, a great quarterback in the draft. Um, But I think they need to replace Carr soon. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Carr's a terrible quarterback. I don't. I, I like him. I think he's an average league average quarterback. But if you're trying to rebuild your team, you need a really good quarterback. And I think that they well, need they a, did bring in Marcus Mariota, who got replaced by Tannehill yeah. last okay. year. Okay, <laughs> worse quarterback than Carr. Oh, you think they might play him? I don't know. I think Mariota may pull a Tannehill on Derek Carr. That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't see that happening. We'll see. No one thought Tannehill was any good either. I he did. I thought Tannehill was good. I watched him every time the Patriots played him, and he just had a terrible team around him. I thought he was good. Maybe it's because I had a partner at work in high school and through most of college who was a huge Tannehill fan was always yelling in my ear about how good Tannehill was if they just had a team. He's like, Dan Marino and Ryan Tannehill, great quarterbacks, you never have good teams. I was like, you're comparing Ryan Tannehill to Dan Marino? Please. Anyways. <laughs> Next, we have at 21 in the NFL Power Rankings for 2020, the year 2020, the Denver Broncos. Uh, Now, most me and Toby have them right around the same spot, but James has them at uh, only 23rd, and which is only a little bit better uh, than we have them. But Wes, you've got them all the way up at number 12 in the league. This is a playoff team. You think so? Playoffs. It's a hot take. Yeah, it's not my hot take, but this is a playoff team. All right, why are the Broncos a playoff team in your mind? Drew Locke gonna make us gonna make a the real big deal, stand. huh? Think he's the real deal? Uh, it, as far as this argument goes, yes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All uh, right, is Drew Locke a top ten quarterback rest of his career? Do you think? Or this year? This year alone? Top fifteen, maybe. Top fifteen. Okay. They got some good weapons. I like their defense. They're going to sneak in there. They have an above-average defense, I would agree. They do have Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, and Phillip Lindsay, which to me is one of the best running back groups in the league. And they they were 7-9 and nine last year. I think they improve. So I think they might sneak in with a 9-7, and seven, maybe even a 10-6, and six, potentially. I suppose it's possible. It could happen. A lot of weapons. Okay. We'll see. And rookie rookie receivers have been uh, recently, you know, in the past, I would say rookie receivers are usually take a lot longer to acclimate to the NFL. But recently, rookie receivers have been doing great. Yeah, it, it's it's hit and miss though. It's not always the ones you expect. Like Darius Slayton was not the wide receiver that everyone expected to be. You know, a great wide receiver. So. But I think Jerry Judy is an incredible route runner, and I think it works well complementing off sudden, and then Hamler works well. As a third option. No, I and think, then you still got a fan. If they gel and they get some uh, playing time here in training camp together, they could have a good offense for sure. Now, I, I will gamble. say, I, I started the whenever I made this list, I did adjust it three or four times, and the Broncos always seemed to go up on my list. So <laughs> they happen. started at about 20, and they just 
I was like, you know what? I no, like, let's make them a little bit higher. <laughs> like a little bit, yeah, just a little higher. Just a little a mile high. That's one of my now they're at 13. So, All right. Well, next on our list is the Cleveland Browns. Um, James, myself, and Wes, we've got them around the same area. I am the highest on them, but not much higher than the two of you guys. But, Toby, you've got them down at number 20 in the league. Um, Wait. I was – Wait, 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 wait. I, wait. Meant, I think it's 19, but I think it's like right – No, it is what 20. What do we have them at? It is 20. We've got them at 20, exactly 20. So it just balanced out that way. So tell me why. Tell me why. Why do you have them so low? Um, I'm not high on the Browns. I wasn't high on them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my bold predictions last year coming into the year was they'd finish third in the AFC North. Oh, and correct. that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there was all that Super Bowl hype about them. Even with the Steelers not having, <laughs> not yeah. having a quarterback, they somehow still beat out the Browns. Duck I think, Duck I think they, I think they have the potential to be a, a really, really good team in the AFC. They could be a playoff team. They could be a Super Bowl contender. If we're being honest, but it all depends basically on Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, if Baker I returns mean, they, to his rookie, this is the maker, maker bake, <laughs> maker break yep. year for Baker Mayfield. He has Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, David Njoku as options to throw to and hand the ball to. And if he does not make this offense a top 10 offense in the league, then it is time for the Browns to reevaluate what they're doing at the quarterback And I think, I think if you uh, – you know how I blamed everything on Nagy, I think you could blame a lot of the stuff that happened with the Browns last year on Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens so was think, by far the worst decision Cleveland has made in a long time. And, and they've made a lot I, of terrible decisions. I think you'll see that with Kevin Stefanski coming in, they're going to really utilize Chubb and Hunt a lot, mm-hmm. and they're not going to depend as much on Baker trying to win them games. And when you get Baker – being able to throw to wide open receivers mm-hmm. with play action and whatnot, mm-hmm. he's going to be awesome again. Yep. So I'm low on them. Think about how many games that and touchdown drives that were stopped in the red zone because Freddie Kitchens was literally a moron. He would do the same play four plays in a row from the one yard line, and they just kept getting stuffed, and he didn't change anything. And he did that in multiple games. I'm yep. like, dude, you got to change something up. I mean, do like a play action, throw it to the tight end once or something. You got like David Joku, one of the most athletic tight ends in football. Yeah. So dumb. I, I, so I'm low. I'm low on the Browns because I'm not 100% sure they're going to put it all together. Hmm. But there's someone that could easily move way up. So you think that they're like, you're, they are your version of the Panthers for me, right? You're low on them, but you could see them really outperforming your ranking for it if some things go right for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool. Next on the list is someone that I honestly have lower than I expected to. I see them as a really young rising team, but when I started comparing against the other teams in the league, I had to just move them down. So I've got the Arizona Cardinals at 22nd, um, but we have them at 19 as a group. And uh, Wes, you've got them all the way up as a top 15 team at 13th. So what's your argument as to uh, what you expect so much out of the Cardinals this year? Man, and James has them at 16 in my defense. but uh, Oh, yeah, you're not nuts or anything. Like I said, I like this team, and they added yeah, DeAndre Hopkins this year. Well, I mean, Kyler Murray is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we thought the same thing about, about Baker Makefield, yes. and we saw what happened to him last year. So uh, we'll see if Kyler hits a sophomore slump. Now, if he does not, the they did a whole lot to help him. They brought in the one of the best receivers in football, DeAndre Hopkins. Kept Kenny and Drake. And, you know, they oh, like Kenyon awesome. Drake. They, you know, 
the biggest question mark for me, and I really love this team, but the biggest question mark is the defense. Yep. Uh, you know, they brought in they brought in a great player in Isaiah Isaiah Simmons. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, linebacker from Clemson or safety or whatever you want to call him, hybrid defender. Uh, but man, it's he. I don't think he's going to be enough to uh, to get them there. But I do think they are better than the, I do think they are better than the Rams this year. Uh, so I, uh, the Rams, you know, if they're not improving, they're getting worse. And I'm I, I'm a bigger fan of Kyler than I am of. Uh, Who's the Rams quarterback? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Now, now, they don't have – now, Goff doesn't have Aaron Donald chasing him around all that's game. That's very true. But uh, that offense is going to be fun to watch. I, I do agree. I think that the Cardinals offense is going to be one of the most uh, fun offenses to watch this year, partially because their defense is so bad, and they're going to have to do a lot of scoring, much like they did last year, and uh, especially against some of the teams in their division. They have a really tough division this year, and they're going to have to score a lot of points. And I think that Kyler Murray is one of those guys who, if you're a fantasy football player and you want to get him somewhere early on, I advise it because I think he's going to be one of the best. He could be – I don't expect him to be Lamar Jackson quite because I think Lamar Jackson had a one-of-a-kind season last year. But I think he could be the closest thing to that this year. Uh, he, he could have a really special season uh, if he can get some of his um, pocket passing down a little bit. Yeah. Next on our list is pretty much a consensus pick. We all agreed that the Los Angeles Rams belonged somewhere in this area. And uh, I think that we all can all agree that they have potential as a team. Um, they're not the team that they used to be two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, they lost Todd Gurley, who they barely used last year, in my opinion. They used him very poorly with his uh, in- injury, I guess. I mean, he played, but he was not himself. Um, adding Cam Akers should be good for them. Um, Sean McVay has come out and said that he's going to use running by committee because of the success that he's seen Shanahan have with San Francisco. So we're going to see that approach in L.A. It could be very useful to them. They do no longer have Brandon Cooks, um, but they are they do have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who are two great wide receivers, in my opinion. So I think that they still have some really good defensive pieces, and Aaron Donald, of course, maybe the best player in football, and um, Jared Goff being, a, I would say, a better than league average QB, in my opinion, um, when he's used correctly. So I think that we have them right in the middle of the pack here at 18, and I think that's probably the right place for them. Now, we were going to move on and do all the way up to number 17, but for reasons we will not divulge to our fans and our faithful listeners, we're going to save that for next week when James is here because he's got some splaining to do. So... Without any further ado, let's go ahead and move on to some baseball talk. Let's do it. So, what are some early takeaways you guys have noticed to the start of MLB so far here in the first five days, six days? Just up and down, you know. There's uh, some team, you know, you you expect... Wait, Wes, Toby got kicked out. Oh, no. How what? All right, here we go. You're back. Yeah, I don't. My uh, so I just switched over to my phone. No, it looks clear. Sounds good. We're good to go. All right. So, baseball season has gone five, six days now. What are your early observations here and the early goings of baseball? Wes, you go first. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of teams up and down. Uh, you know, we're seeing all them knock a lot of rust off. You know, we had a, a shortened a shortened 
summer training deal, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some teams still knocking off the rust, pitching especially. Well, uh, to me, what I've noticed early on is the hitters are having trouble um, yeah. t- timing up these better pitchers. Now they're hitting the lower, these last couple days going up against the three, four, five pitchers and some of the worst yeah. pitchers in baseball. They're catching up and getting better. But yeah. going up against those one, two pitchers, they just look silly. I mean, we saw guys like Bieber getting 14 Ks um, and DeGrom just looking filthy. I mean, these guys are filthy, and they're always going to look like that. But some of the hitters were looking pretty silly when they're facing like 98, 99 miles per hour. And it takes time to catch up to that. You know, the pitchers, when they're practicing spring training, they're doing pretty much the same thing every single time. As a hitter, you're getting short toss and you're getting BP, and you're getting machines, you're not cranking the machine up to 98, 99 miles an hour. So these guys are really having to – it's it's taking them a few games to get going, I think, for sure. I mean, we saw Christian Yelich has one hit on the season so far. Uh, yeah. Lindor went one for 13 in the first series. He's heated up here against the White Sox. But, um, we look at the, the Braves. Sorry, James. Yeah, Acuna. Uh, Acuna and Albies are three for 19. Yeah. yeah. And Freddie Freeman started off poor as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of that. I think that we're going to see the offense start to pick up, but I think that pitching is really huge in this short season. Um, I think that the teams that have the better pitching are going to prevail rather than teams with better offenses. So something like the Astros, I think, might have a little bit of trouble this year uh, as their pitching is not what it once was, and they're going to face some good pitching, it being in the western region, I guess is what we'll and call it. I think another thing that – you're seeing is and maybe it's just the nationals because they've struggled with it but there's a ton of errors mm-hmm. um yeah. i saw starling castro had a problem with the ball today it was a routine ball to second um uh, there was another play where vladimir guerrero jr hit a home run mm-hmm. but victor robles had a chance at robbing it but emilio, emilio bonifacio ran into him at the same time they're trying to catch it over the fence so i mean it's stupid stuff like that that you know, maybe it's new teammates that you've never really had time to acclimate with each other and get mm-hmm. used to it. So teams maybe that have had the same people up the middle for years or whatever aren't having issues. But, I mean, the Nationals' whole infield basically is new um, outside of Trey Turner. Um, so it's it's a problem for some teams I've seen, you know, maybe not for the other teams, but the Nationals at least. Yeah. So errors could be an issue in communication and whatnot, even though there are no fans in the stadium. Another thing, too, that I think that this this shortened season points to is the importance of having long seasons in baseball. A lot of people complain that the baseball season is too long, there are too many games, they don't care about individual games, losing one game doesn't matter. The truth is that's just not tr- the case. In baseball, there's a lot of parity on a given day. Any given team can win because of the circumstances that can happen. There's a lot of luck in baseball. You can hit a ball right on the screws and just absolutely crush it. And it goes right to somebody just because of the way it is. I mean, you can have a team who hits just hits rockets all over the field, but they yeah. keep going to people. Meanwhile, the other team just keeps like getting walked or hits little dribblers or, you know, mm-hmm. little bloop singles, and they win the game two nothing by pure luck. And that happens in baseball. So 162 games helps weed out the parity, helps weed out the variability that comes in baseball. You've got to have a lot of games to show who the true best teams really are. In football, uh, you you don't get that so much. I mean, you play one game, the best team almost always wins. That's why when you look at betting lines for an individual game for baseball, you pick a one-game winner, you're not not making any money ever, right? Because... It doesn't do it. There's Vegas is like, look, either team could win this. The chance that this team beats that team is very low. You look at the standings right now. Miami is atop the NL East, 
and the NL West is topped by San Diego. Um, Tampa Bay is the top. The Yankees are two and one. Tampa Bay is four and one. Um, well, and that's the thing is like you know our the pitchers the best pitchers you're gonna get what twelve to fourteen starts out of them twelve max. I mean unless you get, some people are going four man rotations. Yeah, and whatever it may be, but you know say you get twelve and you have two guys that are on fire to like an Arietta second yeah. half and yep. 2015 fire. That's 24 games won, and what do you need from the rest of the 36 games? What, like 10 games, and you're easily a playoff team? Probably win your division? Yep. That is why, as we go into our next segment, talking about our predictions for the 2020 playoffs, that is why you're going to see in my rankings that I have teams with good pitching really high up there because I think what you just pointed out, getting a hot pitcher, if you get two hot pitchers, like you said, there's 24 games right there. Now, you're probably not going to go 24-0 and those guys starts. But what do you need from the next three guys? You can have – that's why I think a team like uh, the Nationals should be pretty solid with Scherzer and Strasburg, right? I think it's going to really help some of those teams out there. Same with uh, Toronto as – or I'm sorry, Tampa Bay as well. So if you have not heard, the day before the first game started, I think it was Wednesday night last week, MLB came out and said, we are doing a new playoff format, 16 teams total. Half the league is going to make it into the playoffs. There will be three division winners in each league will make it to the playoffs. But all second place teams in each league, so there's three more, will also make it into the playoffs. And then the two next best teams, based on their record, will also make it into the playoffs, meaning there are eight total teams making it into the playoffs. The top three seeds will go to the um, division winners. The next three seeds will go to the team in second. And then the last two seeds will go to the true wild cards. So... Without fur- any further ado, let's go ahead and work through our rankings. What? Wes, were you doing something? No, I was just... Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to get my attention as I looked away. No. All right. So I'm going to type this out so I can keep record of it so we can look at back at it later in the season. So let me go ahead and pull up my... Um, let me go ahead and pull up my spreadsheet here sorry should have done this before the show started do i get kicked off the show if i said the orioles were going to make it (laughs) you know we've been considering kicking you out of the show for a long time so probably that's a bold strategy all right so james did send me his playoff uh predictions but i do not intend on reading them aloud as we go through this but i will type them into the document so then when we come back to it in a future show We'll be able to keep track of what he did as well. Okay, so AL East. Let's go ahead and say who we have as our division winners. I have the Yankees getting first and the Rays getting second. Yep. That's what I disagree with that. Same thing. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and copy and paste it across the board for us. I th- I don't know what James has, but uh, uh, I'm sure it's something similar to that. In the Central. Now, this was tough for me. I'm an Indians fan, and my philosophy for this season is pitching is going to win. The Indians clearly have better pitching than the Twins, in my opinion. So far, they have not given up more than three runs in a game, uh, three or five games. They have the best record in baseball so far at 4-1, and one, so I'm pretty happy. And we beat up on the Twins these last two games today. But I do have the Twins winning the division. Their offense is absolutely nuts. So uh, they're 3-1 and one so far. So I've got the Twins winning the division, and I have the Indians in second. Uh, any differences there? No. 4-4. Four four. Same thing. All right, man, this is great stuff. Now, I think we should bring up um, the White Sox, their offense is nuts. 
They're going to be, oh, yeah. I think over the next three, four, or five years, they're going to be getting better and better and better. Uh, they've got a lot of young offensive players who look really solid. But their pitching is pretty horrendous outside of, you know, they've got uh, Lucas Giolito and Michael Kopech. But Michael Kopech is opting out this season as he is now going through a, div- a divorce uh, with the actors from uh, Riverdale. I just found that out today. So... Mm-hmm. They also picked up Dallas Keuchel. Yes, and yeah. He pitched very well his first. He game. did pitch very well, and the he pitched very well against. And that's great because he faced the Minnesota Twins, who are a home run team, a fly ball team, right? So when you get a guy like him, who is a ground ball pitcher, yep. he is their kryptonite, you know. So yep. it was a very good matchup for him. In the AL West, this was so hard for me to do. I like the Angels. I like the A's. I like the uh, Rangers. So doing this was very difficult. I have the Astros still winning the division despite uh, not having Verlander, despite not having Cole. I just think that when it comes down to best-rounded team in that division, it's still the Astros. Um, And I have the A's getting second place. Toby, what do you have? I have the Astros winning. I have the Rangers in second. Rangers in second. I have the Rangers in second for a few minutes. Um, But I did end up moving it down. Uh... I mean, My, to be fair, I had this before Kluber got mm-hmm. hurt. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with that. Uh, that's fair. But I think they got, they got pitching. They've got um, pitching. And if Kluber comes back, they're going to be pretty solid. Um, and they've got an offense, too. Joey Gallo is a solid hitter. Oh, Omar Mazzara yeah. over there. And uh, Odor can they hit. actually traded Mazzara to the White Sox. Oh, that's right. They did. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm just so used to him being there. He's been there for so long. Still have a solid solid team, though. They sure. do still have a yep. solid team. I think it's a very solid division. Um, and their new unis look fresh. It is time for our high heat of the day. Wes, what do you got for us? So this one's near and dear to my heart because uh, it involves the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not what you think. So Get on my, with it, boy. Spit it out. My high heat for today is the Oakland Athletics will not only win the division, they will have the best record in baseball. All right, you got to explain this to me because, don't get me wrong, I like the A's. I think they've got the best defense in baseball, and they've got Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, uh, Loriano, solid guys. I cannot see them producing the offense, nor do they have the top-tier pitching that other teams have to be the best record in baseball, especially with teams like the Dodgers out there. Please explain yourself. So I like Frankie Matas. I like Jesus Lazardo. I think he's a, Jesus, Jesus Lazardo is on the up-and-coming. Sean Manaya, he, he had a kind of a rough first game. But I think he's he's going to be there as well. Uh, I'm not a believer in Mike Fires, uh, but I think their bullpen is a very underrated bullpen, and I think their offense is very underrated as well. Uh, you know, one through about seven or eight is pretty dangerous. Uh, you know, I think some, some guys didn't hit for average last year. I think they bounced back in a big way. You know, Matt Chapman hit 36 homers, mm-hmm. only hit 250. Or 249. Mark Canna's solid. Marcus Simeon was uh, one of the best hitting shortstops in baseball last year. Right. MVP yep. candidate last year, Marcus Chris Simeon. Chris Davis, still a great hitter. Chris Davis didn't hit 237 with 50 bombs last year, Which but he nuts. You know, only hit 22 last year. So I think he bounces back. Sean Ryan Murphy, one of the most underrated young catchers in the game, uh, one of their top prospects. So there's a lot of upside. You know, at second base, they're kind of platooning right now uh, with Tony Kemp and Franklin Barreto and Chad. It's like a three-man platoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chad Pender, um, you know, there. so the second base is kind of the, the, the nine hole. But 
Uh, pitching, their bullpen is very underrated. I love, like their bullpen. Uh, also, one of my favorite guy, favorite pitching prospects, A.J. Puck. Um, whenever he comes back, he'll join the rotation. Their rotation is uh, – I think it's more consistent. And I love my Astros, but losing Verlander, mm-hmm. uh, we just don't know about Granky. I know the, it was just one start. Like, and he's still coming back, but, uh, you know, we'll see. McCullers, I love McCullers, but he's not going to be able to do it by himself. And there's three spots in the Astros rotation that are just toss-ups, you know. So, I I don't necessarily disagree with these different um, points that you bring up. I think that they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll be the second best in the division. But to me, I just don't see how they will have the most wins. They're still going to have to play the Astros, the Angels, and the Rangers, which we all agree are great teams. They're not going to be sweeping these series. I just don't see it happening. And they're still have to play the Dodgers. Te- um, and they'll have to play the Dodgers and uh, San Diego is going to be solid. Rocky should be solid. I mean, they don't, have, they don't have the easiest walk in the park. To get a lot of wins is going to be pretty tough. I mean, they don't play the Astros till later in the season. Uh, maybe Verlander gets back. But, um, you know, I just think that their rotation, one through five, is is better than the Astros. Because <laughs> right now, the Astros have McCullers and Grinky, Josh James, who had five walks in two innings the other night. That is not ideal. So, no. we have some. And then the other two are Framber Valdez, who didn't make it out of the third inning today. And then don't get me wrong, I don't agree with you. I never uh, had the Astros as my number one team for wins. So I'm not saying you're crazy enough to pick the Astros. I just so, I just don't know that the A's are going to be able to beat up on teams to have that best record. I think I think that they'll be able to if they can get off to a strong start. Uh, they have a favorable schedule, and if they can get hot, you know how teams can get hot. Mm-hmm. They can they can you know they don't have to sweep teams. Yeah. They, but if they get three or four, three or four. You know, two or four, three or four, and get a few sweeps in there. I think they can they can get up close to forty wins. I suppose we will see. We'll keep very close track. That has been high heat from Wesley Wagner, his first high heat segment. So congratulations, you did a pretty good job. I still want it. It's pretty flaming hot. That's a pretty hot take. Oh uh, yeah. I I, I really don't think it's gonna happen, but I appreciate your boldness. So we'll see what happens with that. Moving on to the rest of our predictions. So for the wild card in the American League, so the next two best records after the first and second place teams, this was difficult for me. I wanted to pick the Angels. I wanted to pick the Red Sox at one point. Um, I looked into, uh, yeah, it would just be it, Angels or the Red Sox. But I ended up going with the White Sox and the Rangers. The Rangers do have that pitching, and I'm hoping Corey Kluber comes back. And if they do, I think they're going to have a pretty solid team. Um, I expect them to get some wins. And then the White Sox offense looks really good. And I almost bumped them out of here um, because they don't have the pitching and their defense is pretty shaky. But when I started looking at the other teams to compare it to, the Red Sox don't have the pitching either. Neither do the Orioles, of course. Neither do the Blue Jays. And then you keep going down the list. The Angels are the next closest. So I can see the Angels going here. Otani looked really bad. He failed to record an out. Yeah. Andrew Haney looked pretty solid. Um, so I could see the Angels getting in here. But I couldn't go Angels and Rangers. I think it's literally impossible for four teams to make it this year just because you play each other so much. So I went with the Rangers in the AL West. I'm going to go with the White Sox in the AL Central. 
Yeah, I think I have the same same teams. I think the White Sox will get that get that first wild card, mm-hmm. have the better record, mm-hmm. and the Rangers get in there with that uh, the worst record that can make the playoffs. Okay, well then we are on agreement there. Uh, I have the uh, I have the Angels as a wild card, and then I also have the White Sox. Okay, so I have the Angels actually getting in. Uh, and and I I don't disagree with you, Toby. I think that could very well happen. Uh, I just have a hard time in a shortened season betting against two guys in the middle of that order with Trout and Rendon. Oh yeah, and, then, and we haven't know. even seen Rendon yet. Well, I think he's yeah. actually supposed to play today. He might be playing today. I think he plays, but it's I had a hard time betting against them, even if they're pitching. You know, you hope Shohei Otani gets back to form at least doesn't replicate that first performance Ooh, it was but, bad. it was bad uh you hope he gets back to you know figuring out how to pitch but you know i think even mediocre pitching with hopefully those two guys in the middle of that order can maybe just push them into the postseason mm-hmm. all right so that's our american league so a quick rundown i have the yankees rays twins indians astros a's white Sox, and rangers Wes has Yankees, Rays, Twins, Indians, A's, Astros, White Sox, and Rangers. So just a little bit of a shuffle, but same teams. And Toby has Yankees, Rays, Twins, Indians, Astros, Rangers, Angels, White Sox. So the only team different there is that you don't have the A's making it. Yep. So we're pretty much in consensus there. I imagine that there's going to be something else different, you would think. Especially in the 60-game sprint, uh, there's probably going to be some more surprises in there than we suspect. I, I really wanted to put the Orioles in there for no reason at all, but dude, <laughs> would that be a Cinderella story? Holy cow! <laughs> well, and I saw that uh, they talked about bringing up Adley Rutschman if they had a chance at the postseason, <laughs> just because they know they don't have a chance any other year. I mean, if next, I were like, a decade. team like them, if I were the Orioles or the Royals or the Tigers, I'd be letting my young guys get experience. Could could I mean, you I- imagine if they get like twenty wins somehow, and there's about you know ten to fifteen games left, and they bring Adley Rutschman up? That would no. be awesome. No, I can't. I can't imagine that. As a matter of fact, and no, my my imagination's not that strong. I could see. I, I mean, another guy. Now that we're talking about top prospects, uh, if the Rays are close with the Yankees, Wander Franco. Wander Franco. I mean, it's a possibility. We saw Bryce Harper up at nineteen. So uh, that's that's another team. I could see the Rays beating the Yankees for that division race. Uh, I I could see it. That pitching's really good. All right, moving on to the National League. I just made a change because I was warring with myself all day, and it's the fourth time I've changed these two teams. Um, so I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, man. So we'll see what happens. But, man, National League was tough. There are, I feel like American League is, as it was last year, pretty top-heavy. You've got five or six pretty solid teams, <clears throat> three really good teams. And then the National League has, like, one great team, one really good team, and then a bunch of just yeah. good teams, you know? And I'm just like, ah, picking eight teams out of these <clears throat> 13, 12 contenders, maybe. Uh, the team, Because now that you open up to eight teams, it's not like, oh, I just have to pick five. You're adding in three more playoff positions. And it makes it really, really difficult to narrow it down because there's a lot of parity in between those middle teams. So let's go ahead and talk about the NL East. I have the Braves winning the division. I think they're the best well-rounded team. They've got solid pitching, not the best. They have a great offense and a decent bullpen. So I have the Braves winning the division. Um, taking second place was a very difficult pick. This is the one I just changed. I've got the Mets. They've got the best pitching in the division. And um, with DeGrom and Syndergaard and Steven Metz, I think... Syndergaard's not going to pitch. Oh, you're right. Syndergaard's not going to pitch. Well, still, DeGrom makes up for the lack of... They have Stroman. So and I'm they do good. have Stroman, yeah. So I've got the Mets. They have a great lineup, too. 
So I think that we're gonna have a lot of parity in the national or not parity, uh, variability in our predictions here. This is not gonna be like the American League because I think there's gonna be a lot of difference of opinions. So I've got Braves, Mets as the top two in the East. Uh, I think Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa! It is Wes's turn. Okay, Wes, go, go, go. <laughs> All right, I also have the Braves winning win the, the division. Although we do, there are some very strong teams in the division minus the Marlins. Uh, oh, well, you mean the first place Miami Marlins? The first place, yeah, yeah. They're first in the COVID division. COVID-19 or? They're first in the division. They also have the most positive cases. Uh, they have more than the whole state of Wisconsin, I believe. And they beat the Phillies with with the Rona. So props to them for that. That's probably going to be the highlight of their season. They didn't even breathe running around the bases. <laughs> but uh, – Actually, I do have the team who got beat by the Rona Marlins. I have the Phillies making it as the number two seed. Okay. Yep. That's uh-huh. who I had at second. So, yeah. I switched them out All for right. the Mets, though. All right, Tobes, what you got for us? You had Nats Homer. I got the Braves hey. winning the division. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, we'll see. I've not, been very, I've not been very impressed by this team to start the year. I got the Nationals uh, finishing second in the division. You've got Strasburg and Scherzer. Anything can happen with those guys. So far, Strasburg hasn't even taken the mound yet. Scherzer faced the Yankees for his first start, so I don't necessarily take too much stock into that, and that's Mm -hmm. his first start of the year. Mm -hmm. Corbin looked awesome his first start. Yeah, he did. Six and a third, three hits. One of them was – or two hits, I think, and only one of them got one over the fence for Torres. So uh, the the issue is the bullpen once again. Glaber, Um, rather nowhere. Will Harris has not looked good in his first couple appearances. Um, Tanner Rainey has looked good, but Sean Doolittle's been a little shaky. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that bullpen, and the the hitting has not been good. Mm-hmm. Um, losing Rendon, I think a lot of people, for Nationals fans, just trying to like glossed over the fact that we lost a guy that had like Was 121 potential MVP RBIs last year, and they, they acted as if I mean I told you guys that's a huge season, loss, huge yeah, before. Before this turned into a 16-team postseason, I didn't have the Nationals making the playoffs. Right now that now that it's a 16-team postseason, I think they make it. Uh, maybe not as second in the division, but I think they can make it as a wild card. But I understand your you know your point for the Phillies, your point for the Mets. Mm-hmm. I think it's a toss-up. I think the Braves win the division, and it's a toss-up between oh, yeah, the three of those going. for. This Second. is another one of those divisions that if they didn't only play each other, I could see four teams getting in. Yep. But the yep. fact the fact that they all play each other just means that there's no way that they can all have good enough records. Completely agree. Then, so, um, but yeah, I think that there's four solid teams in that division, and I think that any combination of those four could potentially happen, especially in the way the season's going. I mean, say say the Braves get you know they play eight games against the Nats. If the Nats go seven and one in those eight games, we're looking at a totally different season. The Braves go from being the division winners to maybe not making the playoffs. You know, just and that and that can happen. It can happen. Before the schedule came out, too, wasn't a huge fan of the Nats uh, with their chances. And then I think the Braves only play the Orioles like three times, and the Nats play them six times. Those things are going to make a difference. They will. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of fact. All right, NL Central, another tough one to pick. Uh, I, th- I personally see the Cardinals and Cubs and Brewers as very close to each other, but I do have the Cardinals as the best team in the division. They've got Jack Flaherty, a potential Cy Young pick. And a really solid, well-rounded offense. Uh, I think the Cubs have the best offense in the division, but I think that uh, the well-roundedness of the Cardinals is going to be my pick for them to win. So I've got the Cardinals winning the division with the Cubs taking second. 
Yep, I have the same. Um, I like the Cardinals. I like uh, kind of kind of uh, mimicking Jake here. I like Jack Flaherty as a, as a closer. They have a solid, very very solid bullpen. Um, and Goldschmidt will be at an MVP form this year, I believe, top three in my predictions. Uh, so I like them and the Cubs. Um, their rotations looked pretty solid uh, to start the season. So I like them one two. All right. I got the Cardinals. I got the Cardinals winning the division. And the Brewers employee says? I'm not employed by the Brewers. Uh, Radio station, (laughs) whatever. To be honest honest with you, I'm very low on the Brewers. Yeah, me too, man. Finishing finishing second in the NL Central, I got the Cincinnati Reds. Hey, I I wanted to put the Reds in here. I honestly did. Um, I've got them making the wild card, which is what we will discuss in just a moment. The Reds look solid, man. The I mean, thing about Bauer, the... Bauer 13Ks. Uh, we've got Desclafani. Um, who else am I missing here? Um, Luis Castillo, Luis Sonny Castillo. Gray. Yep, Sonny Gray had a great game. Only game they've had so far that was pretty awful was Wade Miley. 1.2 innings pitch, 6 runs allowed. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about the NL Central that I think is interesting is I don't think the Cardinals necessarily got better. They didn't necessarily get worse. The Reds did I get don't... better. I don't think the Cubs really got better. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Brewers got better. As a matter of fact, I think they got much worse. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Reds got significantly better. So, I mean, Ford, obviously the Reds again, weren't even close. I know the I've Reds said really the, close, but, but I think, I think they're up there. better. Now, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong, or don't get annoyed by me. I've said parody probably seven times, but I think it's something I want to hammer home. There's going to be a lot of parody in the league. I don't think we're going to have anyone bl- blow away and go – you know, 50 and 10 and have guys going 10 and 50. I just don't think that's going to happen. Early on in the season, it takes time for, you know, teams to get in their groove. You find teams like the Nationals last year who wouldn't have made the playoffs if it was a 60-game season, right? And they go to win the World Series. So we're going to have a lot of teams hovering, you know, around that 500 mark, I feel. It's going to be interesting I think it actually, with separating it according to region, East, Central, West, actually worked out so that each team plays – a fair competition i feel like you don't have one division that has you know it's just stacked playing a really you know crappy division i would say the one that would be close to that would be the nl central with the al central you got probably the worst division against i would say the best division just because the tigers and royals are so bad yeah but i feel like every team has to has their fair share of like garbage teams on their schedule Mm -hmm. and then they also face the you know middle of the pack and good teams i don't feel like anybody across the entire major league has a, a schedule where it's like, oh, yeah, they got a shoe-in for the playoffs because their I think schedule the twins, is so easy. The Twins more or less do. Uh, getting to play like a bunch – Yeah, it's just the Pirates, Twins, and Royals. There's a lot of games, man. Yeah, I mean, it's true. But I, honestly, though, I think how that worked out, it was it worked out well for the major leagues because – I agree. You know, I agree with you. I mean, I think the that what they – as, mu- as frustrating as the start of this was trying to get the season going with the whole – uh, dispute with the Players Association. I feel that Major League Baseball has done a really good job of getting some semblance of baseball in here and trying yep. to create a legitimate season. And I, I'm grateful for what they've done. I think that they're doing the best they can. So, yep. And this time, we just I'll take any baseball we can get, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, NL West, let's move along. We have... Where'd I go? Where'd I go? Dodgers winning the NL West. Um, I think that's probably going to be a clear consensus pick for us. You've got Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. Alex Wood, uh, no longer Hunjin Ryu, um, 
who else am I missing there? Yeah, starting pitchers. They've got starter pitch. Oh, David Price Ross, sitting out. Ross Stripling was really Ross good. Ross Stripling was solid. Yep. David Price is sitting out on the season. But man, that Austin offense Ray. one through nine. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. I mean, you got guys in your bench that I would kill for on the Indian starting lineup. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for real. Yeah. <sighs> oh well. What are you gonna do? So Dodgers win the division. I've actually got the Rockies getting second place. Uh, their pitching is not going to be great. So this kind of goes against my philosophy for the season. But if there's a team that wins at home, it's the Rockies, and that's half your games. If you can get 30 wins, I mean, you're not going to go 30 and 0. But I like the Rockies this year in the shortened season with that offense. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. I have the dot. I have the Giants number one. I mean, the Dodgers oh. number one. You literally uh, made a double take for a second there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, sorry about that. And uh, you know, you you said enough about the Dodgers. You know, I'm watching them beat up on the Astros right now. Ooh, what's the score? Uh, and then number two. We'll do what? What's the score? It is five to two oh, in the bad. ninth inning. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, and at number two, I actually have the Rockies as well. Uh, I have Trevor Story as one of my MVP candidates this year. So, uh, I, I think that Story, Arenado, uh, if Blackman can get back on on top of it, I think in a short in a sprint to sixty games, I think offense. Uh, I think their offense could carry them to. Uh, the They're one of those teams. I, like I don't think that offense is going to carry a lot of teams this season, just because of the shortness of the season. You have to be. It's pretty much one big streak of offense if you do. Well, um, if you, if but I think the Rockets are one of those teams that can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're they're as good as pick as any because, mm-hmm. especially in uh, where their home stadium, home field is. Oh yeah, Tobes. completely agree. Uh, I had the Rockies slotted in initially at my second team. I obviously have the Dodgers winning. I actually have the Diamondbacks taking second in the Ooh. division. Um, I like their – they added Starley Marte. Yes, they did. And Cattell Marte yes, kind of did. broke out last year. Yeah, he did. He was pretty awesome. Thank you, um, Cattell, for my fantasy team and leading the uh, – <laughs> I will not – leading my team to I, a championship last year. <laughs> so I I really like the Rockies, and like I said, I initially had them slotted in with the same thought process you guys had of they're playing thirty games in Colorado. They are they do have some offensive studs, and that could be a way to carry them. I just did not trust their starting pitching. Yeah, um, it's not bad, and I would I wouldn't even say really that the, the Diamondbacks starting pitching is really that much better than the Rockies. I just think overall, you look at what they did last year, and I kind of looked at their record last year, and the the Rockies. I don't feel like they added much. They're pretty much the same team as last year, and they only won, I think, 71 games as opposed to the Diamondbacks winning 85. Mm-hmm. And then they added Starling Marte so to, they should to be the better. middle of their yeah. order. It's so not a terrible take, Toby. I like it. I That's a great, I like a great take. Yeah. Which is rare because I, I almost always think you're crazy. So congratulations. <laughs> All right, wild cards. I've got the Nationals with that pitching, getting a wild card, and the Reds. I'm high on the Reds. I think they're both going to be really solid teams. Uh... I any qualms with those picks? You guys think I'm crazy? Nope. Oh, I have the Nationals and Reds as well. Uh, I'm still having nightmares of Patrick Corbin in the World Series. Uh, oh. Seemed like every time we were, every time their one of their starters got in trouble, Corbin came in and struck out like 12 guys. But uh, so yeah, I got the Nationals and Reds at one two. All right. Um, I had both of those as second in the division. Right. So I will have a different wild card than both you guys, and I have the Cubs and the Mets. Which, okay, I think which are players that you, I have in playoffs. Um, West did not have the Mets, though. I I am not huge on the Brewers, like I said. None so of us had the Brewers. I agree with the NL Central. Is it NL Central and NL East both could have 
four teams mm-hmm. if it were a regular season where we had 162 games, but in the 60 game, no chance. So yeah, and I think if Christian Yelich isn't hot, the Brewers are going to be awful. I think the Brewers could, uh, if this were a hot take, um, it's not hot take. It's just say they finish fourth. I'll say it's hot take. They could finish last. You think the Pirates might have a better season than them? Pirates are pretty rough. I I don't necessarily, you know. Outside of Garrett Richards, they, their starting pitching is. is I bad. mean, they lost to the Pirates. They lost to the Pirates today. Yeah. They should have be. They should have lost last night. It was a five to one going into the night. Oh yeah, that was rough. The, the Brewers five, didn't walked four and hit a batter before according yeah, to outs. The, the Brewers are not very good, no. so I don't see them making it. Um, so I I got the Cubs getting in the wild card and the Mets. It was tough between choosing between them and the Phillies, but the Mets. There's just something about them. I'm always on their. I always believe in them that they're going to be a lot better than they are, and they just never seem to have it. I think this year maybe they can get over the hump, get back well, into the postseason. And you got Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, those guys. Jeff are so McNeil much fun. was terrible base running day one though. I was watching the oh. Mets game on Friday. Guy was like running into outs all over the place. <laughs> um, but uh, I know James will agree with you on the Phillies. He's high on them this year, so I think he probably has them as two in the East as well. I know he likes the Mets too. So uh, that was a fun exercise. I enjoyed that. Well, at least now we've got it written down, and we'll keep track of it throughout the year. Um, I'll go ahead and share that doc with you guys, and I'll make a little graphic to put out on Facebook or Instagram so the fans can tell us what they think. Um, they're usually pretty kind. <laughs> I feel like the only time anyone ever comments on our on our Instagram or Facebook posts is to tell us that we're wrong. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. All right, you guys got any interesting stats for me today? I actually have an interesting story. All right. Uh, Go ahead. Give it to me. This is probably the best story in baseball. This will definitely be a movie someday. A pitcher who is out of the league for seven years, hadn't pitched in the majors since 2012. His name is Daniel Bard, made the opening day roster for the Colorado Rockies, and then won a game for them the first I think it was their first game of the season. Did he start or did he get it as a relief pitcher? He, he was a reliever. Uh, so – uh, he came in with the Red Sox as a reliever through 100 miles an hour. Uh, he even had a he had a season where he had an ERA under two, is 1.93. Uh, but after his second year, he he got a case of the yips. So what that means for everyone who doesn't know is he everyone had knows the yips strikes. He couldn't throw strikes to yeah. save his life. I even looked I looked up some of his stats because he went he went and bounced around the minors a little bit uh, just just to give a few. Um, in 20, so let's see here in 2014, he pitched in four games, pitched in only two thirds of an, of an inning in four games, had nine walks. So he had four appearances and only recorded two outs, only two outs and four appearances, nine walks. The next season, eight appearances, three innings, 13 walks. Yikes. Yikes. The next season, 11 appearances, 9 innings, 24 walks. So Yikes. this guy could not – he could throw 100 miles an hour but couldn't throw strikes. Sounds like – So after, that was year 2017. He hung it up, couldn't get out of single A. Um, then he decides he's, he, he gets with the Rockies as a – of all things, as a kind of like a mental pitcher's coach, kind of get them in the right mindset. And uh, – you know, he's playing catch with one of his pitchers, um, you know, a few uh, a few years ago or maybe it was last year. And, you know, they're like, hey, you still got it. You know, you might want to try it out again. 
So uh, lo and behold, he gets signed, throwing 98 mile an hour fastball. Jeez. And uh, 2020, back in the major leagues after being you a got coach. A dub. And he got a win. Nice. First game of the season. I don't know how I hadn't heard that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, look up, look up Daniel Bard. He's it's the greatest story in baseball this year. It's mm-hmm. definitely going to be a movie for sure. Oh yeah, hmm. it'd be cool if they went on to like do something in the playoffs to be yeah. the end of that story because just that he made it back is not that great. Although they did make the rookie pretty interesting, and that guy wasn't very good either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Morris. Jack Morris. Yeah. All right, Toby, you got anything? Yeah, I sent it to you guys in the in the group chat. Oh, I didn't uh, see Sunny it. Gray. Well, I, no, I sent it a few days ago or whatever. Oh, okay. Sonny, okay. Sonny Gray, after his start, uh, his first start of the year, um, set a record for 34 straight starts, allowing six hits or fewer. I think that's pretty awesome. Wow. And I don't think he gets talked about a lot. He doesn't. He's not rotation. He's not viewed as one of the best pitchers in baseball. Because when and he moved be- to Yankees, he was so bad. Exactly. So bad. Exactly. It's because he, he kind of fell apart and – um he's been awesome and he was awesome to end the year last year he Mm -hmm. started out well this year and i think he could be a really good pitcher and the other thing that i thought was cool i was watching the nationals play the blue jays and uh, apparently the blue jays brought in dante pachette obviously bo pachette's dad Mm. uh they brought him in to uh help out during summer camp or maybe spring training or whatever they liked him so much hired him on he's like one of their hitting coordinators or whatever and i thought that was pretty cool Imagine if they brought in all the famous dads they have from that team and help out for him. Oh yeah, Vlad Guerrero. Yeah. <laughs> and Craig Biggio. You don't want you don't want Vlad Guerrero to be your hitting coach. All right, all right. What do you want me to do here? Swing at everything. If it's close, you just you're hacking. It's on the in the dirt swing. Double off the ground. Is just go ahead and swing. Because that's how, that's what Vlad Guerrero sounds like. He's got a very thick Southern accent, didn't you know? <laughs> the Nationals color commentator is uh, it was a Whoa, former racist. Expo. Just kidding. Oh, color <laughs> commentator. Expo. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, color commentator. He's a former Expo. He said that uh, Vladdy's dad, so Vladdy, used to just walk up to the bat rack, grab a bat, look at it, say, "Can I borrow your bat?" Walk up there and hit, a, go up and hit, probably hit a dinger. I remember. Uh, <laughs> Who was it? Jose Ramirez uh, last year was having a huge, or not last year, two years ago, having a huge slump. Couldn't hit worth a lick. And uh, he goes up there and breaks a bat, and he like starts walking back. And Edwin Encarnacion just throws him his up back because he's on deck. And he's like, looks at it, he's like, okay, hits a three-run bomb. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, cool, cool. Love cool, it, cool. love it. All right, guys, well, that is the Swinging Bunt Podcast. Heavy on the baseball, but that's how we like it around here. So hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, please go ahead and give it to us in the comment section below here on YouTube or in Facebook, Instagram, wherever you watch the show. Please like and rate us on um, Apple Podcasts. Only five-star reviews, please. And we will, of course, read any review that you write for us here on the show. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. Dad in the garage, the sawdust, that pine saw in the moss. 
around every spring. When the winter thaw, we'd huddle around the radio, twist the broken eye. 7, 10 a.m., no KJR. Daily House's voice would echo throughout the yard. Couldn't have been older than 10, but to me and my friends, the voice on the other end might as well have been God's. 1995. The division series, Eggers at to bat, bottom of the 11th inning, got the whole town listening, swung on and belted, the words distorted, Joy Core rounds third, here comes Griffey, the throw to the place, not in time, my oh my, the Mariners win it, yes, fireworks, they lit up that ceiling in the kingdom, we had just made history. Woven, barely holding that stitch. Creases a time amongst the grime and the grit. Where the leather used to pound his